you are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Monday, April 18th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well in the Auburn Opelika area, up through Sylacauga and Birmingham and all across the country. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. You're listening to On the Line right here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama 98.3 through Sylacauga and Birmingham. Hope you all had a fantastic Easter weekend. I know I did. I went home and uh, spent it with my family. Went to North Alabama, saw the rest of my family. My great-grandfather turned 93, so we celebrated his birthday over the weekend and then, of course, celebrated the Easter holiday yesterday. So, Great time at home. It was good for me to get away and uh, see my family for a little bit. But we are back here in Auburn, Alabama on this Monday, April 18th. It's not raining today, and it's not supposed to rain for the next couple of days. So I think that is a a major blessing uh, as we start this new week and uh, getting through the month of April. Lots to talk about on the show today. I think it's going to be a great one. I hope you do too, and I hope you get involved please call in 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-0... Wow, I messed up that phone number. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. I've got that number like memorized and engraved in my brain, and I just had a, a, a mishap there. But please call in. We want to hear your opinion about anything going on in the sports world. A lot went down over the weekend. Lots to talk about. Anything on your mind, if you have a hot take or if you have an opinion about anything uh, in the sports world, give us a call. We'll put you on the air and you can talk to me about it. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Again, lots to talk about. A great show on tap for you today. In hour number two at 3.30, we'll have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He will come on and talk about Auburn baseball and Auburn softball and how they did this weekend. Uh, But before then, I'm telling you what, there's just so much to talk about. Uh, Just in, in so many different sports that were happening this weekend. I know it was the Easter holiday weekend, but that did not slow anything down when it comes to all of the sports uh, that happened over the weekend you had golf you had football basketball baseball hockey gymnastics I mean there was everything going on from from college to professional it was unbelievable and it was all entertaining there was nothing that I watched over the weekend where I was not entertained where I was like well maybe like one or two games in the NBA but almost everything that was going on and that I tuned into and that I watched was fantastic man what a great weekend for sports should be another good week uh, for sports as well but we have a lot to talk about so let's jump right into it again phone lines are open my show producer Trevor waiting on your call 
All you got to do is call in 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Well, the first topic I want to jump into today is how it is spring, right? It is April 18th. It is middle of the month, gearing towards the end of the month. Football season is a long way away. We are like four and a half months from college football season. It sounds like a lot. It'll get here before we know it, but we still got to make it through the summer before football rolls around. Same thing for the NFL. It's even longer because they start a few weeks after that. But on Saturday and Sunday, if you turned your TV on, there was football. There was football on the main channels on TV, on Fox and on NBC and on FS1. There was spring football that began this weekend. The USFL, the United States Football League, got underway this weekend. Starting on Saturday night, the Birmingham Stallions opened up the inaugural USFL season. And I'm going to be honest, folks, I liked it. It was enjoyable. Yes, it was kind of rough to start because some of these players probably haven't played in a little bit, and there was a lot of rotation of, of players in different positions and a couple of different quarterbacks from the different teams. But once they figured it out, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, is it NFL? No. But these are professionals. This is technically a pro league. They're getting paid to do something. That means you're a pro. You're a professional. And this is a very unique opportunity, but it's not something brand spanking new, right? We have seen spring football be created and be tried before. And I think it was going to work. Remember a couple of years ago, you had the AAF, which I know that didn't survive because they ran out of money halfway through the year. And they had to tell their players that they couldn't pay them. So they all quit. So (laughs) that wasn't very good. But remember the XFL a couple of years ago? back before the world shut down and went into a global pandemic for the last two years, the XFL was off and running. They were doing everything right. They actually had money. They had people watching. People were entertained. The athletes were playing good football and producing good television. The XFL was working perfectly. And then COVID happened. The timing, just like so many other things in this world, got destroyed by COVID. The XFL did nothing wrong. They did everything right. But as you guys know in life, sometimes you can do everything right and you still get you still get screwed, you still get burned, you still get hurt. That's what happened to the XFL. They are trying to come back. And they very well might. But that's what happened to spring football. It got destroyed by COVID. Now that we are on the tail end of this pandemic, I hope, and I think we are, the USFL is officially underway. It started on Saturday night, and I think it's going to survive. I hope it does. We're just one week in. There's a long way to go. But the quality of talent and the quality of football that was on the field Saturday and Sunday, I think is promising because that's what it's going to take for a spring football league to survive. You've got to have quality players quality content and quality football because if the football sucks if the guys that are playing are low quality and not as a as a person but if they can't keep up with 
at least college and a little bit of the NFL, I mean, the game's got to be entertaining. There's got to be big plays that are made. You can't, you know, you can't have quarterbacks going five of 20. You can't have a, a five to 10 score. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be quality football. You've got to be able to score. There's got to be some defense. It's got to be entertaining to watch. That's the biggest thing. It's got to be entertaining. And over the weekend, I think it was. I watched it. I watched Saturday night's game. I watched the second half. And then yesterday on Sunday, I watched it here and there. I, I didn't sit and watch a complete game start to finish. I'll be honest. I didn't. There was a lot going on. A lot of other sports going on. A lot of family time as well. But I want to hear from you guys, the listeners. Did you guys watch any of the USFL this weekend? And if you did, what'd you think about it? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Anything about the USFL, because I am genuinely curious. I want to hear who watched it, why you watched it, and if you enjoyed it or not, and why. I think those are all legitimate questions. I want to hear from you guys. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. I really do want to know what you guys think because that's what matters. The The viewer is what matters. If If the people that watched it over the weekend didn't like it, it may not survive. And if they don't continue to watch it, it definitely won't survive. But if us as the viewers and the, the the audience, if we liked it and enjoyed it, that means we're going to go back for more. I'll be honest. I'm going to watch some more games when they come on. 100%. I'm going to look up the schedule, and I'm going to have it, and I'm going to watch some games because I really thought it was entertaining. Was it the best football you've ever seen? No, but it was football in the spring, and I think that's something to be said, and it wasn't bad. It, there were times where I, I found myself dived in and completely engaged with the game and not just the game itself and again not just the game itself but all of the different things that the USFL brought I thought were really 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 entertaining and I thought it's really special because here's the two things that the USFL or any other spring lead league has to have to survive they have to they have to have quality football and they have to be different that's the two things that a spring football league has to have. Let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Charlie is on line one. Charlie, welcome in. Hey, good afternoon. I uh, I watched the football game this weekend. And well, what'd you think? Well, <clears throat> I kind of enjoyed the Stallions. Uh, I was cheering for them. I even called them America's team on Twitter afterwards because <laughs> they wanted to be in. But what was really weird about it, uh, I was kind of like, why is all the games in Birmingham? That kind of confused me when I was seeing, like, Houston and Michigan. And So I went just to kind of do a little research and found out every game is played in Birmingham. And that kind of scares me a little bit about this league. They said the first year is going to be every game in Birmingham. So if you're a Houston fan, how do you get involved in your team and cheer for them? It seems kind of weird. I agree, and I thought that was weird as well, Charlie. And the reason is I think they have realized that, yes, while fans being present in the stadium is important, that's not – it's hard to believe, but that's not where the money is. The money is in the TV contracts, and that's what they are concerned with is getting the exposure on TV and not opening up 
massive stadiums and having to pay so many employees and, and order all of those things that involve a stadium hosting a football game. And so they may expand that as the years go on, but for the very first year, I think they wanted to play all in the same stadium and worry about the TV side rather than the fan engagement. But I do agree, it is a little weird, especially for fans to try to get involved. Yeah, and because when I was watching, I'm like, there's like nobody there. Of course, they had a game at 11 o'clock on Easter. You know, two teams and no one supports there, but uh, I did enjoy it. I watched the Stallions, tried to get into it, tried to learn some names, and I'll do the same. I'll I'll listen again. Like you said, the XFL, I got involved with that as well. Um, hope they also come back, and who knows, maybe one time. XFL and USFL, USFL will play each other. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, just some competition. It gives us something to watch. Let me ask you this, Charlie. What was something that you liked about the USFL over the weekend and something that maybe you would change? Uh, it gave me football in the summer. That was, uh, you know, probably the one thing. I had somebody to cheer for being uh, uh, in Bur- – I'm, I'm actually in Auburn, but I was cheering for the Birmingham team. Kind of put something behind it and was just interested in it. I think it was I think it was great. I think the changes they made were great. Some of the things they did differently were great. Just off the top of your head, and we appreciate your call. Is there anything that you were like, eh, maybe not. I maybe don't like that so much. Um, I think the only thing I didn't like is they maybe tried to do a little too much new things, like yeah. especially in the cam- camera work and stuff. And mm-hmm. I know that's just you know that'll play itself over. Um, are playing itself out over over the next few weeks, but they they seem to like try to go like try to do too much. So I hope they just gear that back just a little bit. Right, and they may be experimenting. Charlie, we really appreciate your call today, man. I hope you have a great day. All right, thanks. Bye bye now. That was Charlie here on the line. We appreciate your call and getting involved. If you would like to do the same, we want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Look, just like he said, you've got football in April. You've got football in the spring, and it goes through a little bit of the summer. The points he brings up about all of the teams playing their games in Birmingham, that is true. They are playing – all of the teams will play their games at the new stadium in downtown Birmingham uh, where UAB now plays. All of the games are played there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the plan moving forward for years to come. I doubt it. But – It could because, like I was telling him, the USFL and some of these leagues have figured out that the money, and it's no secret, the money is in TV contracts because, let's be honest, I think that stadium in Birmingham holds 47,000 people, something like that. It holds less than 50,000. And yes, that's a lot of people, but these games in the USFL, they're not going to sell out right even when Birmingham plays they're not going to sell out and I think the USFL like other leagues have realized that they can make a tremendous amount more of money if they focus on the TV side on promotions on commercials and the the broadcasting rights on TV versus selling food and beer in the stands and selling tickets because That's just the truth. The money is in the TV, and that's where it's going. Look at the NFL and all the games that they broadcast and how much emphasis they put on that. College football, the same way. So, But it does bring up an interesting point, like Charlie was saying. If you're a fan of the Houston team, I mean, how do you get involved? You can't. You'd have to go to Birmingham on God knows what day it's going to be, and you have to go to fly to Birmingham 
and play a neutral side game. I understand you can travel to go to an away game, but you never truly get a home fan experience. And that does speak for something. And that that speaks to fans, and that's how you grow fans and get fans involved. So they may expand a little bit as the years go on, but I think right now in year one, one, to save money. That saves a tremendous amount of money. If you can keep everything in one stadium, you pay one staff every single week instead of multiple staffs in multiple locations. Uh, plus, you have one game going on at one time. You do not take your... If you have all of the games playing in one stadium, that means you don't have multiple games going off at one time, which means everybody that wants to watch the USFL, they have to watch that one game, which means you can charge more for advertisements. You can charge more for commercials and sponsors because you can guarantee that anybody watching a USFL game will be watching that exact game right then and there. That is what makes it so significant. Will they eventually expand if they become successful? I would think so, because you're going to have to, because that's going to be a major complaint of fans because they want to go, and not every fan in Michigan can travel down to Birmingham. And so I think that'll be expanded eventually, but I think for right now they're worried about making money and surviving because, look, I mean, just look at the, the, the history and the track record of spring football leagues. They haven't survived. They have not survived in a long time, but I think this one can. And one of the things that Charlie brought up, our phone caller, uh, he talked about, you know, I kind of made him say something bad, right? Uh, He said if there was one thing he would change, it was all of the camera work. He said maybe did a little bit too much. Um, I liked how much the USL changed and all the different things about it. Uh, We can talk about that a little bit more on the other side of this break. Let's take our first break of the hour If you want to call in, get involved. Uh, Did you watch the USFL this weekend? What did you think? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, Did you go? If anybody went, I would love to hear that as well. Anything you have on the USFL, call in. I want to hear from me. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's take our first break of hour number one. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. I appreciate everybody tuning in right here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama, 98.3 in Sylacauga in Birmingham. Talking about the USFL that kicked off over the weekend, no pun intended. Uh, spring football is here and we'll see if it survives. It's got it's got potential. I watched some of it. Uh, we had a caller in the first segment. We're still going to talk about it uh, for the next few minutes here in this segment. And I want to know from you, the listeners, if you watched any of the games this weekend, if you watched it on Saturday night or the Sunday games, if you watched it, call in. Let me know. What would you think about it? Did you like it? Did you not? Did you like some of the new things that they did about it? Um, whether it was the cameras or or whatever it may be, did you like the uniqueness of it uh, over the weekend, and do you think it'll survive? I want to hear your opinions about it. I'm genuinely curious uh, for what you thought about the USFL's opening weekend uh, over the weekend this past weekend on Fox and NBC. I think Fox is the – the um, they have the right, but it was also on NBC, which was kind of confusing. So I, I guess they gave NBC the rights to air it over the weekend. I don't know why that is. 
But again, if you watched it or any kept up with it or anything, I want to hear from you and I want to know your opinion. I'm genuinely curious on what you think about it. Give me a call, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Trevor, my show producer, has a question for me. Trevor, hit me with it. All right, so over the past couple of years, obviously we've had these other professional football leagues. And then over the past couple of years, we've seen the introduction of the G League. Right. What is your take of possibly having a G League for the NFL? A G League for the NFL. So, like a – would it work as like the G League as it does in college basketball? Is that what you're asking? More of like a minors, I'm thinking of. Like a minor league NFL? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Or so like your scout teams possibly could play – and then you could pull up players from there. Interesting. Okay. That's an interesting question. Um, here's what I'll say. I think the spring leagues, as the like the USFL or the XFL, can be something like that. That's what I think these and that's what I think they should do. Um, let's be honest. Spring football does not compete with the NFL. They're co- Two completely separate times. The NFL is from September to January. The USFL, XFL, whatever it is, is April to June or July. Like they're complete opposite times of the year. So to answer your question about a a, a so called minor league team or a minor league organ or I guess a minor league league for for the NFL, I think that's what these spring leagues can become. Because when you think about it, if let's say the USFL, which I think they should, if there's anything why they can't and you know and I don't, please let me know because I don't know why they don't do this. They should work directly with the NFL to where the NFL can watch these guys play and at the end of the season they say, I want him, 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 and him. And then they can choose and they can work out contract negotiations and yeah, maybe they could work it out. There's not enough teams right now, but they could work it out to where they have a farming team. Let's say the Birmingham Stallions feed into the Kansas City Chiefs or you know the Atlanta Hawks, you know, or, or not the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Falcons. Well, whoever, something along those lines, it could work. Yeah, it could work. But here's the difference. When you think about it in baseball terms, think about the minor leagues. There's three levels to it. Those guys are considered semi-pros because they're not college. They are making a little bit of money, but they aren't to the level of the major leagues yet when you look at the usfl and the xfl i think talent wise they want to be and can be i know it's weird to compare football and baseball but take the minor leagues in baseball versus the usfl for example when it comes to talent and skill wise and within their own sport the guys who are playing in the usfl are going to have more talent in football than the guys in the minor leagues are having in baseball. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense in my head. The USFL, these guys are pros. The XFL is pros. More like ready proven players already. Yes, exactly. Because the USFL has a mixture of guys that have been in the league, guys that have tried to get to the league, or guys that are trying to get to the league. Whereas you have the minor leagues in baseball, yeah, you have a couple guys who have played in the league before, but that is used to come up through the ranks and then get promoted to the MLB. Or you have guys coming back from injury like Ronald Acuna Jr. who's been designated to the minor league team for the Braves while he's rehabbing and getting back up to speed. I think these spring leagues can be that indirect minor leagues for the NFL. And I think they should. I think that, I mean, in my head, that makes perfect sense. And that's 100% what you're talking about. 
And so indirectly, I don't know how that would work for football for a, a minor league, but I think that's what these spring leagues can be. If the USFL and the XFL work directly with the NFL, because think about it then, think about it this way. If they work with the, with the NFL, if the NFL starts promoting the USFL because that's where players come from to go to the NFL, you're going to have people and you're going to have fans that follow players in the USFL from Birmingham that then follow quarterback A who goes to you know Detroit or something. And then the NFL can promote that. There's so many ways to promote it and so many ways to take advantage of it. I don't know if they're going to, but I 100% think they should. Yeah, that's what I think. I think possibly we talk about undrafted players right they all eventually they get signed by somebody and they go possibly to scout team right I think you use those players in the scout team help them develop by sending them down to a minor league and then watch them develop and then slowly add them to your roster exactly 100% I agree I I, I 100% agree with what you're saying because again the guys that are playing in this USFL there's guys that have played on pro rosters for multiple years there's guys that maybe got to the scout team but didn't quite make it and there's also guys that are coming out of college that couldn't quite get there yet but made to be able to develop themselves to get there and then you're going to have people that play that much harder put in that much more effort and it's not and I talked about this last week when we had a call or call in about it because we hadn't really talked about it but it's exciting right the USFL and other spring leagues are not just for the players to prove themselves it's for the coaches it's for the officials, it's for broadcasters like myself, it's for anybody within that organization, within that game itself, trying to prove themselves to get to the next level. That's big time. I I would be over the moon if the USFL came and said, hey, we want you to do play-by-play. I'd be over the moon, right? That's big time. But everybody's looking to take that next step. That's exactly what the players are doing. That's what the coaches are doing. That's what the officials are doing, the broadcasters, the production crew, anybody there is looking to take that next step. And I think that the players can do so with the help of the NFL. If the NFL and the USFL or the XFL would work together, they could promote this thing, I mean, just over the hill and just to the moon. And this thing would be so popular and the players would be so excited to play in the USFL and would have a legitimate chance to go to the NFL and the NFL teams could take advantage and get some really good players that maybe just weren't ready when they were 19, 20 years old coming out of college. But now with two or three years in a competitive football league in the spring, they could come in, the NFL team could say, yeah, I want you. You're good. Let's go. You can come make an impact on my team, wherever that may be around the National Football League. Great 30 minutes to start the Monday edition. It's been a lot of fun. If you have any comments, want to get involved, any questions or concerns, call in 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. We'll talk after this break. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. 30 minutes into hour number one, which means 30 more minutes left in hour number one. If you missed any of the first 30 minutes after today's show, just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded following today's show anywhere you get your podcasts. 
The Auburn Network family of radio stations is once again teaming up to help you with your spring cleaning this year. Win a driveway and patio pressure wash from Sir Wash-A-Lot and Auburn Pressure Washing. And win a steel handheld blower from University Ace Hardware. To enter, text the word SPRING, S-P-R-I-N-G, to 59925. That's the word SPRING to 59925. Or register online at ESPNAU.com under the contest tab. We'll give away the spring cleaning prize package on Friday, April 29th during the Donnie B Morning Show. So make sure you sign up for that, giving away some cool stuff, uh, courtesy of Sir Washalot and Auburn Pressure Washing and University Ace Hardware, one of the many uh, contests that Auburn Network here runs throughout the season. So make sure you uh, make sure you get involved with that. Again, text the word SPRING, that's S-P-R-I-N-G, to the number 59925 to get involved and enter your your uh, entry into the contest. Of course, we have all kinds of contests going on throughout the year, so make sure you stay tuned uh, with that at the ESPNAU.com website as well. Continuing on with this USFL talk, because I really do think it's interesting, and my show producer Trevor brought up a great question in the last segment. Uh, I do want to continue to talk about it a little bit because it's something new, it's exciting, and I haven't yet got to really dive into the the changes and the uniqueness of this league just yet. And so I'm going to do that in this segment. But again, if you watched it this weekend and you liked it, if you didn't like it, uh, what you noticed, if you think it's going to survive, what you would like to see for it to be successful, anything to do with the USFL, anything else in your, on your mind in the sports world as well. But the topic is the USFL. But you can always call in about anything you want. Uh, in the sports world because we do want to hear from you I want to hear from you uh, have a conversation with you I've already had a caller today and would love to hear from more of you the listeners so give us a uh, give us a call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 I love hearing what you guys have to say Uh, I want to hear your opinion about the USFL or anything else on your mind in the sports world but with the USFL, the changes and the differences that were that I noticed uh, during the the games that I watched this weekend. Obviously, there's some. I mean, there's some big ones, right? The the football having a chip in it, a a a, a literal like computer chip, right? That marks the first down line, so you automatically know where it is and the exact mark on the field where the first down line is, not a post at the end of the sidelines that marks it with a chain. And we run out there, we're carrying it all which way and trying to figure out and then we measure like we're in, you know, whatever year, right? There's a a computer chip in the football that tells you where the first down line is and the line of scrimmage so you know exactly where each one is. I think that's fantastic. That's genius. I think that can really limit the confusion and the controversial calls when it comes to... um, you know, when it comes to situations like that, how many times do we see a game come down to a fourth and in inches? Uh, you know, something like that, where it's a judgment call by an, a person, a human official. That's one of the things that I noticed. Uh, Charlie, who called in a little bit ago and talked about the USFL, he talked about the different camera work and the different camera angles uh, that the USFL implemented over the weekend. You saw drones flying around the field, which is. I think that's so cool, man. Like that's over my head when it. I I've had a drone before. It was years ago when I used to fly it around. Um, I got it lost in a windstorm one time, and 
I was really worried that, and it was pretty big too. It was it was a nice drone. It was probably four or five. Oh man, probably four or five years ago now. And I had a drone, and I was at the beach. It was at night, which was dumb. And there was a fireworks show going on down on the beach. And my my uh, you know 15, 16 year old self decided I was going to fly my drone out and and video the fireworks. Well, it was super windy. It went up and it went up over the condo building, and I lost it. And I really thought it was just going to like turn off and crash and land on a car, kill somebody. It, this is weird. It told itself to land. I lost connection. It told itself to land and it just landed out in front of the building. There was like 20 people surrounded by it. They were like, what in the world? Like this drone just landed itself out of the sky. Like, is this the government? I don't know. Crazy stuff. I went out, I found it, and I never flew it again, and I've never touched a drone since. That's my drone story, which is why that type, that type of stuff is over my head. It's so cool. But the USFL did it in a really cool way. They had smaller drones with the best cameras you can put on a drone, and they were flying them around the field. And it's not like they didn't want you to see them because they were purposely putting them in the camera shot. Of course, the games had the big camera on the wires that – soars over the field back and forth like you see on any game in college football on a big time channel but the drones you could definitely see and they wanted you to see them because then on a replay or even sometimes live they would cut to the drone and you would see the drone footage which was right over the play had different angles lower down and inside the play really crazy stuff and to think that that is somebody's job to drive that drone how cool is that if that's something you're interested in how cool would that opportunity be? What's your job? Yeah, I fly drones for football games. Like, uh, is that if that's not the most 2022 thing you've ever heard, I mean, that's just that blows my mind. But really cool to see. I liked that idea. It gives you different angles, different perspectives. Uh, the camera inside of the face masks at times, they would show replays of a running back taking, you know taking the hand off and cutting up the hole in the middle and, and running for a big gain and getting tackled. You could see it from his perspective. You could literally see the outline of the of the face mask as you were inside the helmet. Is it a little extra? Yeah, but it's cool. I think it's cool at the same time. And like I talked about in the beginning, for a league like this to survive, it's going to take things like that. The, the most important thing, is it's got to be quality football, right? I've said that. I will continue to say it. That is the most important thing for this league to survive. It's got to be quality football, quality on-field performance. But then you've just got to be different. What can you offer that the NFL and college football cannot? And I think that's a big one. Different camera angles is a big one. The technology inside the football is a big one. The audio, I think, is really big too. So many of the players were mic'd up. The coaches were mic'd up. You could see they had their headset on, calling plays like they normally do. But if you noticed on the on the wire that was connecting to the box in their back pocket, there was a microphone on that as well. And the camera guys would come up inside the huddle. They would hear, I mean, you could hear it plain as day, the play call, what they were talking about, which I think is really cool as well. But can that backfire? I, you know, I saw that question come up. 
Is there a way that could backfire? I feel like it could, right? What's your opinion on that and and all the different changes that the USFL implemented over the weekend? I want to hear from you guys, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. I just don't know how you... How you control that? Because if you call, if you call a play and it's got a certain terminology, you know, it's I don't know. I don't know what I can't come up with one on the top of my head. I'm not going to try. But if if your if your play call is okay, let's run XYZ, and then you run that play, what's gonna prevent the other team from somehow tampering with that and figuring that out as the seasons go on? I don't know how you control that. There's got to be a way to for them to be able to do that. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Also, with all of the players, not all of them, but a majority of them were mic'd up. And as you all know, football players are very vocal. They are very emotional and very um, out there when it comes to portraying those emotions. You have to be when you play football. I don't know. In my, my One of my family members actually asked me this over the weekend. She was like, how do they prevent them from not just dropping F-bombs on the air? Because a lot of times they just cut to the mics and they just let them talk. And it's like, how do you prevent players from from saying something they're not supposed to say on broadcast? And I think it's got to be in their contract somewhere. Got to be. Um, they probably, one, have to... They probably have to approve that they put the mic on and they have to know that they've got that mic on. And somewhere in their contract it probably says hey you're gonna wear this mic for us and you've got to know that you cannot say these things if you want to play in our league it may be a nice way of saying anybody that wants to wear one they can or it may be a very strict thing where the league says hey you you and you you're gonna be mic'd up this game be careful what you say because if you say something you're not supposed to say we're gonna fine you I don't know it may be one of two ways I'm not sure but then the one that really kind of made me I thought it was cool, but it was also kind of uncomfortable at the same time, was after a play, a significant play, like a touchdown or a turnover, the sideline reporter with a cameraman would go all the way into the bench, and let's say there was a time it was the two quarterbacks from, it was either Birmingham or the other team, but they went up all the way into the sidelines. They were sitting on the bench, looking at the tablet at the play, and the reporter just sat down and just said, hey, what'd you, what happened there? And then the players started talking about it, which is cool. Okay, don't get me wrong. I think it's a very cool situation. It's a cool idea to get the players in the heat of the moment because as a reporter, as a reporter, you're looking for the raw emotion response because that is what that's what the pl- the person actually means, whether it's a, a player, a coach, you know, a business owner, whoever it is, when something like that happens and you are looking for the best response and the truthful response, the most truthful, truthful response, you catch them right there in the heat of the moment, right after it happened, because more than likely, that's what they're going to tell you they're feeling. And they're going to tell you exactly how they feel right then in that moment. I think that could backfire. I think it's going to, you're going to see some instances where a player is going to be like, you better get away from me before you know before something bad happens. Um, but it is cool to see the perspective of the of the players from a reporter asking them right as things happen. Again, I see that backfiring. That may be taking it a little too far, in my opinion. There's got to be some separation between the team and the media. And I'm in the media. I get it. There's got to be a little bit of separation. It's like 
when the media goes into the locker room and stuff, there's a boundary there as well. That's got to be there. So not a huge fan of the sideline reporter going straight up and sitting on the bench with the players and asking them questions. Um, But really, everything else I saw, I really liked. I'll be honest. I liked everything else I saw. I think it has a lot of potential. Um, You know, we'll we'll touch on this in in the second hour. Uh, but we've really done a heavy dive into it this hour because I think it's really interesting. I think it has a lot of potential. If they work with the NFL, I think they could really skyrocket. I think if they continue the high quality of play on the field, I think they can skyrocket. If they continue to do things that are different from other football leagues, I think they can skyrocket, man. I really, really do. And um, I want to hear from you guys, the listeners, if you watched the USFL this weekend, even if you just watched a couple of plays or if you watched all the games I want to hear if you went to the games I want to hear from you tell me what your experience was like did you like it did you not like it um is it something that you're going to tune into again or was it and eh, you know I want to hear from you guys and all of the listeners uh and, and get your opinion about what you think about the USFL after its first uh official weekend give me a call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 and uh, again, we'll we'll touch on this in the second hour, but this will probably wrap up our discussion of the USFL uh, before we got one more segment before hour number one is officially in the books. Let's go ahead and take that break. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Wrapping up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. We got about, eh, about six minutes or so here to wrap up hour number one. Make sure you stay tuned. Hour number two at three o'clock from three to four. We'll have everything uh, with making headlines, talk about some Auburn baseball and softball. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, he'll be on to talk about the the Auburn baseball series this weekend at Mississippi State, how that went down, and Auburn softball as well, uh, getting a little break from SEC play. So make sure you stay tuned. Hour number two will be in just a few minutes, but we have a couple more minutes left in this segment. Uh, We have broken down the USFL and all the things that happened with it this weekend. Uh, We're going to take a break from that Uh, it was a great conversation though if you missed any of it uh, you can find the podcast on the line wherever you get your podcast after today's show but some other news uh football related but college football related spencer rattler of course he was the the very high what's the word i'm looking for very um man i'm I'm at a loss for words here he was very hyped up if you will at oklahoma he was very good He was very good a um, lot of lot of talent on the field. He was at Oklahoma, and now Lincoln Riley taking the USC job. If you, in case you forgot, Spencer Rattler has transferred to South Carolina. He is their quarterback now. Um, you kind of forget about it. It kind of was it was big when it happened, but then it kind of went up under the radar a little bit. But Spencer Rattler is now at South Carolina. I would assume he would win that starting role as the quarterback there in Columbia. But he had some comments over the weekend and early or late last week about his time at Oklahoma and how he said he is much happier at South Carolina and that he got out of a toxic situation there in Oklahoma. 
take that for what you will he didn't go into super detail didn't I don't think he did any name dropping um but you know he was there with Lincoln Riley at the helm different coaching staff you know all of that so he made those comments this weekend late last week did Spencer Rattler now at South Carolina transferring from Oklahoma but when those comments were made and his news was kind of relevant again I started thinking I was like I'm gonna be honest guys and folks I forgot he transferred there I did I forgot he was over there now um like I said when the news broke whenever that was it was big time news you're like wow he's going to South Carolina but then you kind of forgot about it but now that he's at South Carolina what kind of impact is he going to make not just in South Carolina but in the SEC and in the SEC East I think he can really make it interesting over there I'm not real confident in the talent across the team at South Carolina but I mean when you have a guy like that at the quarterback position who is that much of an impact player Spencer Rattler is going to win this ball team or this ball club some football games this season he's that good he has that much talent and with with a guy like him I mean you have a chance in every game because he is just that good but again, the, the talent at South Carolina may not be what it wants to be right now, but I think he's going to make an impact in the SEC. He's going to bring some excitement to the SEC with the style of play that he has. And when you look at South Carolina's schedule, it, it's tough to open the season, man. Let's just be honest. They, they have a gauntlet to start out the season. Um, they're home against Georgia State to start out. Then they have to go to Arkansas, who is supposed to be one of the best teams in the SEC. They're flying under the radar right now. They didn't get any love in the ESPN FPI projections, but they're wrong. Arkansas is going to be very good uh, in football as well as basketball. But football talk, South Carolina has to go to Arkansas in game number two. That may be the time to strike this Arkansas team. I see them getting better and better and better every single week throughout this football season. But after that, then South Carolina has to come home and play Georgia that hurts right so you've got to play two great teams in the sec in three weeks of play then you have another couple cupcakes at kentucky home for texas a&m home for missouri at vanderbilt at florida home for tennessee and then at clemson the south carolina team has got a couple tough opponents i mean they really do they have a couple tough opponents and Where I'm going with this is that Spencer Rattler gives South Carolina a chance in most of the games they play. The game against Georgia, probably not going to be close, right? Clemson may be interesting, depending on how Clemson is this year. But Spencer Rattler gives this South Carolina team a chance. And and I'm talking about him at South Carolina because of the comments that he made, um, the comments that he made this weekend about Oklahoma and his time at Oklahoma and... Again, he says he left a toxic situation, may have been toxic for him, may not have been the right fit for him, and especially with Lincoln Riley, may have been his 100% chance to say, all right, it's time for me to go somewhere else and try something new. He's a South Carolina, in case you forgot, like me, you know, it was was shocking and exciting news when it happened, but it's kind of gone under the radar ever since. But Spencer Rattler, he's one of the very good quarterbacks in this SEC now. It's going to be interesting. Maybe stir up the SEC East a little bit over there at Columbia. Hour number one officially in the book. Stick around. Keith, stay on the line. We'll get you after the break. You're listening to On the Line.
you are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Hour number one officially in the books. Hour number two officially underway right here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. If you missed any of our number one, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded following today's show. So make sure you search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Keith, we appreciate you holding. Welcome on to the show. Yeah, um, I've just turned it on, and I'm uh, glad to hear y'all talking for a minute. Uh, USFL uh, enjoyed what I saw of it. Uh, it was really cool to have. Uh, Coach Holtz talking about, you know, the players wanting to pray before practice and after practice and at the game and stuff. Uh, they're, uh, you know, that's not really that welcomed in some of these uh, events these days. Yeah, players being able to do and, ex- you know, expose, not expose, but just show who they are and what they like uh, is really a plus. You know, all glory to God, and that's awesome that they want to to do that. And, and I'm glad you called in. We talked about the USFL quite a bit in hour number one. Uh, how many games did you watch, and what did you think of it, Keith? I uh, watched as much of the Birmingham game as I could, and uh, my wife told me they came back and, and won, and uh, I uh, brought up the replays the next morning, and it was uh, really excited about it, man. Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of the other games, but, uh, you know, just had a lot going on with Eastern family and stuff. But um, I, I was just wondering, uh, did, did some of the teams just elect not to have fans, or they just didn't have any? Well, the USFL decided that for at least this season, they're going to play all of their games in Birmingham uh, at the new stadium downtown. Um, and I talked about it. it. It's based on TV, and they are focused on TV ratings and getting their TV market up rather than having to open up so many different stadiums and pay a, a bunch of different people to run different stadiums. They can have all the teams play at one time and in one stadium. Yeah, well, uh, it's pretty unique, and uh, I'm really glad to see the football going on. I hope they're successful. Um, but I heard another little uh, – a bit of news about I don't know if the guy knows what he's talking about but uh he claimed that uh that Texas is having cold feet about coming into the SEC have you heard anything about that I have not I have not heard anything about that um I don't know why they would I think it's going to benefit them I mean fully they're going to benefit so much from being in the SEC I have not heard anything about that Keith so um I will. I'll keep the you know. I'll keep the show updated across the week and across the next couple of weeks if I hear anything. Um, and I'll and I'll look into it as well. But no, I have not heard anything about that. Yep. And uh, it seems that, uh, that Auburn recruiting is going pretty good. You know, I mean, it's not coming real fast, but they they're in on a lot of guys. I mean, I I feel pretty good about it. Uh, they uh, they seem to be uh, overcoming a lot of that negativity. 
Well, I think they figured it out, Keith. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they figured it out, and it didn't start out the best. I think everybody knows that, but it's definitely picked up momentum, and I think you're going to see it get even better um, recruit-wise, and I think you're going to see a lot better effort from this coaching staff, and I think it's on an upward trend as long as the coaching staff can hold on. Yep, me too. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate the call, Keith. That was Keith here on on the line to start out our number two. We appreciate him holding through the break. Uh, had a lot of good points about a little bit of everything, man. So we appreciate Keith. Phone lines are open. If you want to call in just like Keith did, Charlie, back in the first hour, we thank both of them for calling in. The phone lines are open, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. There's big news from the Auburn Network. The Auburn Network family of stations has grown, so please help us welcome our new baby brother station, Tiger Country 104.5. When you're in the mood for some country music, real country music, as it was meant to be, check out the all-new Tiger Country 104.5 for the best country music ever made, period. Songs range from the late 60s to the early 2000s, but the heart and soul of Tiger Country is found in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Our massive song library is like no other you'll find anywhere. Not streaming, not satellite, and certainly not on your radio dial. Imagine the greatest country music playlist ever. Give it a try next time you're in the mood for some real country, true country music. Tiger Country 104.5. Brought to you by Auburn Network. So, not right now. I want you to stay where you are right here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. But any other time during the day, if you're in the mood for some country music, go check out Tiger Country 104.5 on your radio dial. Trevor, my show producer, let's start out hour number two like we like to do with Making Headlines. Making Headlines. Lots to talk about today. Making Headlines. Uh, like I started hour number one, so much happened over the weekend. It was crazy how many sports were going on, especially for the Easter weekend. I don't know how I feel about that because, look, sports are my life, right? I'm a sports broadcaster. I host a sports talk radio show. Sports are my life, and if they're on, I'm going to watch it. But over the Easter weekend, that's not exactly what I want to be doing. That's definitely not what it's about, right? Easter weekend is about, you know, praising you know if you celebrate it or not the easter holiday weekend is about praising jesus and doing your religious thing right being with your family and not glued to the tv right so that makes me a little bit uncomfortable and and a little bit ashamed but look no matter when it is christmas day thanksgiving day easter new year's whatever it is i'm gonna watch sports let's just be honest and i know that the listeners out there do the same you can do both right you could do both and so this weekend had so much going on and to start out making headlines auburn gymnastics uh was at the ncaa championship meet on saturday it was at noon on abc look auburn came in fourth Okay, they did not lose, and I don't want that to be the narrative. They didn't win, okay, and look, I'm not the person that is a participation trophy type of person, right? I'm not that type of person. But Auburn, A, was not supposed to be anywhere near the Final Four. They weren't even supposed to make it, projection-wise, to the Elite Eight. They made it all the way to the Final Four. They still came in fourth, okay? Uh, Oklahoma won it all. Then I think it was Florida, Utah, and then Auburn. Auburn got fourth in the NCAA Gymnastics Championships. That's their highest ranking and highest win ever for Auburn Gymnastics. 
Suni Lee is coming back. This team is losing a couple seniors, but they're going to revamp and reload and be really, really good again next season. And look, this gymnastics year was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to keep up with it. It was cool to see Auburn Gymnastics on national television on ABC. Uh, What a fantastic event that was and how cool it was to see Auburn get fourth in the NCAA National Championship. So congratulations to them. Uh, I cannot wait to see what they become in the next couple of years. And hopefully they can use their Olympic uh, their Olympic phone line, keep that open, and, and keep pulling Olympians because Auburn, I think, is going to be one of the dominant gymnastics programs in years to come. So congratulations to them, trying to keep it you know Auburn central a little bit. Congratulations to the Auburn gymnastics team. What a fantastic season. They get fourth at the NCAA championships. Moving on and making headlines, Auburn baseball, they went on the road to Starkville, Mississippi to take on Mississippi State this weekend, Uh, and unfortunately, they dropped two of three. That was a series I talked about last week that Auburn baseball, that was a series that could have gone either way, very well could have gone Auburn's way going into the series. I talked about it being a series where Auburn could take advantage of a reeling Mississippi State team, try to get some big-time wins on the road. Or, I said it could have gone the way that it went down, where Mississippi State takes advantage of an Auburn team and they turn their season around and build some momentum. And that's exactly what they did, man. Mississippi State, they won Friday and Saturday to take a 2-0 lead. Auburn was able to salvage a win yesterday to prevent the sweep uh, against Mississippi State, but it wasn't pretty, man. Auburn baseball, they struggled just across the board, uh, hitting... Hitting was okay, but errors and pitching just really got to this team over the weekend. Stay tuned at 3.30. We're going to have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He's going to come on the show and, and, and lay it all out and break it down for us about what happened with Auburn baseball as well as Auburn softball, who, uh, who had a, a, a good series this weekend. They had the weekend off against SEC opponents, so they had some out-of-conference teams that they were able to take care of business. So... Uh, we'll move baseball and softball conversations to the 3.30 phone call we're going to have with Jacob Hillman, again, of the Auburn Sports Network. So make sure you stay tuned for that. He's going to break it all down of what happened with his baseball team uh, and what, what they can expect coming up against South Carolina this weekend. An announcement just to keep you updated. I am working on getting a South Carolina beat writer for baseball on the show sometime this week. I'm trying to keep up that trend here on the show so I will keep you guys updated the best I can Uh, I would love to have a South Carolina beat writer on this week to preview South Carolina the baseball team what to expect from the Gamecocks as they come to Plainsman Park this weekend so stay tuned for that later on in the week moving on in making headlines of course the USFL officially underway we've talked about it quite a bit but I think it's exciting it's football and in this area of the country here in Auburn, Opelika, I mean, football is, is everything down here, right? And it was exciting. It was something new. It was exciting. The quality of football was, it was pretty good. I mean, it was, again, it wasn't great. It wasn't like you were watching the Super Bowl, but it also wasn't like you were watching a middle school game. Like, it had some competition. It had some decent play. And I think 
as the games went on and as the weekend went on, the quality of play got a little bit better. People, you know, these guys got back on the field for the first time in real game time action. Uh, teams are still working out who is going to be quarterback and who's going to play different positions. That happens in college and NFL football. So that is not anything different. But the the USFL had uniqueness. It had a lot of coverage. It had just differences from what you would see in the NFL and college football. Um, phone lines have been open all day, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Uh, all the phone calls you know, we've had about USFL, because I really am interested if you're just now tuning in for hour number two or if you've tuned in for hour number one and still want to call in, Anything on your mind in the sports world, if you want to talk to me about the USFL, if you watched any of the games this weekend, what did you think? What did you like? What did you not like? Uh, did you watch any Auburn baseball this weekend? What did you think of the series against Mississippi State? Where's the season going in your mind for this Auburn baseball team? And then the NBA playoffs, if you watched any of those, I'm going to get to that in just a second. Anything on your mind in the sports world, I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. But I think talking about the USFL has been a lot of fun and something I plan on covering for the remainder of their season. They just got underway uh, over the weekend, and with them having a Birmingham team, it's really easy for us here in the state of Alabama to keep up with it and want to keep up with it and have a team to cheer for so again if you watched it this weekend call in talk to me I want to hear your opinion about it uh, and what you think about the new USFL 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 one more headline under making headlines we've had a bunch today uh I guess we have two more I guess we do have two more um Janai Broom was on campus this weekend for Auburn. He is a big-time basketball recruit in the NCAA transfer portal. Of course, he coming he is coming from Moorhead State. He has not decided where he's going, but he was on campus this weekend for Auburn basketball, hanging out uh, with Bruce and Stephen Pearl and trying to figure out where he wants to go. This is a guy that averaged 17 points 11 assists three blocks per game that's third in the country behind Walker Kessler last season so this is a guy that can play basketball and he can be a fantastic plug-and-play type of guy on this Auburn basketball team he was on campus this weekend I have not had word about how it went Um, I will be in contact with some people over the week throughout the next couple of days to Try and figure out how that went, and we'll see. I mean, he may commit in the next couple of days. Some people were wanting him to commit over the weekend and expecting him to commit over the weekend while he was here. Um, I think that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody, and that may not have been realistic to expect him to do that, and he didn't. I mean, he hasn't committed anywhere yet. But Auburn's definitely at the top of his list, or one of the top teams on his list, I should say. So... We'll see how it goes. What a fantastic pickup that would be for Auburn basketball if they could get Janai Broom to pair with Johan Traore and these point guards on this basketball team. I mean, just a fantastic roster when you look at it. If Janai Broom decides to come to Auburn, which again, you're hearing good things about where Auburn is on his list. 
Uh, I think he would fit in fantastic with this basketball team. Of course, we had Christian Clemente on on Friday to talk about that as well. So if you missed that show, you can find that um, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, one more making headline, and we'll get into this uh, in the next segment here on On the Line. The NBA playoffs are off and running and off to a hot start. Uh, Just some unbelievable basketball over the weekend. It's crazy what happens when the guys in the NBA, when they care, and when something's on the line, and when they actually play defense. It's wild, I know. It's insane. When they play defense, the quality of basketball is fantastic. Did you watch the Boston and Brooklyn game yesterday? Unbelievable. One of the best games in the NBA I've seen in years. It was awesome. I watched it. Yes, it was Easter Sunday, and yes, I watched it. It was awesome to see. We're going to break down the NBA, the first weekend of the NBA playoffs, here in just a little bit in the next couple of segments. Uh, Maybe one segment, maybe not a couple. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We will... um, We'll just kind of roll with the punches here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. The Auburn Network family of radio stations is once again teaming up to help you with your spring cleaning this year. Win a driveway, win a driveway and patio pressure wash from Sir Washalot and Auburn Pressure Washing. And win a steel handheld blower from University Ace Hardware. To enter, text the word SPRING, that's S-P-R-I-N-G, to 59925. That's the word SPRING to 59925. Or register online at ESPNAU.com under the contest tab. We'll give away the spring cleaning prize package on Friday, April 29th during the Donnie B Morning Show. Again, text the word SPRING, like the things in your mattress or the season that it is right now, SPRING, S-P-R-I-N-G, to 59925, or register online at ESPNAU.com for our spring cleaning contest here at Auburn Networks. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll have a few more minutes before the 3.30 break. Then we'll have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Just a few more minutes before we head to the 3.30 break. About nine minutes or so. Enough time for you to call in if you want to get involved uh, here on the show. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. We've talked about the USFL quite a bit. Uh, We just wrapped up making headlines. Of course, Auburn Gymnastics getting fourth at the NCAA Finals. Baseball dropping two of three in Mississippi State. Auburn softball having the weekend off of SEC play. USFL again getting underway. And now the NBA playoffs off to a hot start. I, I, I said it once and I'll say it again, man. The NBA playoffs started out better than anybody could have expected. And I've talked about it on here quite a bit. If you don't watch the NBA during the regular season, I get it. All right, I get it. I understand. But you really should watch it during the NBA playoffs. If you're a basketball fan, I highly recommend that you watch it during the playoffs because the quality of play is so much better. It's so much better than the regular season because they they care. They play defense. The offense is elite. It's not just who can make more shots and who can just shoot the ball better. 
The coaching is better. The fan atmosphere is better. You can feel the intensity of a playoff game. It's so much fun to watch. And this weekend was no different. Of course, Friday night was the the wrapping up of the play-in games. Starting in the East, Atlanta and Cleveland had a barn burner, I like to say. They had a fantastic game. Atlanta beats Cleveland on their home floor, 107-101, to to move on as the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And in the West, look, the Clippers, the Clippers this season, I mean, it was one of those years, man. They had injuries all across the board. Kawhi didn't play. PG was out. Paul George, you know, he was out a significant amount of time. This team was very up and down because of that. And when it came to their game on Friday night against New Orleans to get into the playoffs, Friday morning, Paul George is announced he went into COVID protocols and he didn't get to play. And so this Clippers team, I mean, they just kind of put their hands up. They're like, what are we supposed to do? And they lost. They lost 105 to 101. New Orleans beat them to move on into the Western Conference playoffs. So then Saturday started... It was round one, game one. Two games in the West, two ga- or there was three games in the West and one game in the East. And, man, they were all fantastic. They were all fantastic ball games. Uh, the Jazz taking game one over Dallas. The Timberwolves as a seven seed, they have been playing their best basketball. They beat John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies as the two seed, 130 to 117 to take game one. They steal game one on the road in the first round. So credit to Minnesota. They have, I mean, look, playing their best basketball, right? Philadelphia and Toronto should be one of the better series of the first round. Philadelphia takes game one, 131 to 111. And then Golden State, uh, they uh, they take advantage of Denver and they win 123 to 107. Those were your Saturday games. They were pretty good, right? They were pretty good. But then yesterday, whoo, yesterday was the day to watch NBA basketball. I know it was Easter, which kind of makes it unfortunate and really bad timing uh, for the NBA, but they did it anyway. I guess they didn't really care. They weren't too worried about it. Uh, Game one in the Eastern Conference playoffs, the first seed of Miami Heat and the eighth seed Atlanta Hawks. It was a pretty good game, but Miami was just, they were better, man. They were just better across the board, and Miami takes game one, 115 to 91. Trey Young uh, for Atlanta, of course, he is the go-to. He only had, uh, let's see, how many points did he have? Gallinari was the leader for Atlanta. He had 21. And if you look at Atlanta, Trey Young had eight points. That's not going to get it done for this Atlanta team. He's the guy that averages 30 points a game and carries his Hawks team offensively. Eight points from your best player is not going to get it done against the one-seed Miami Heat. I'll get to the game of the day in just a second. The third game was the Bulls and the Bucks. Back and forth, Milwaukee held a 7-10 to 10 point lead uh, all day long, but the Bulls did cover. It was a 10.5 point spread, which means Milwaukee was favored to win by 11 points. I just didn't see it. I did not see that happening. I really thought in game one of this matchup between Chicago and Milwaukee that Chicago could keep it close, even on the road. I said, I was talking to my dad, and I said, man, Chicago could keep it within 10 points in game number one against Milwaukee. And they did. It was a 93-86 to win for Milwaukee. But Chicago did cover. Back and forth. 
Milwaukee had the lead pretty much the whole game. Chicago made a couple of runs. They kept it close, but Milwaukee gets game one against Chicago, 93-86. to The nightcap uh, in the West, I know last week I said that it was either, I think it was on Friday or Thursday was my final take. I said there would not be a single sweep in this year's NBA playoffs. That's what I said. That was one of my final takes. I felt pretty good about it. I said there would not be a single sweep in this year's NBA playoffs. I think I would like to retract my statement, (laughs) as they would say in the courtroom, because the only series I could have seen getting swept was the Suns versus the Pelicans. But I didn't think the Pelicans were going to make it this far. I didn't think they were going to win both of their play-in games and make it to the postseason. I thought it was going to be the Clippers. And so I gave the Clippers the benefit of the doubt, and I said, okay, they can win a game against the Suns. It would be tough, but they could do it. Of course, the Clippers lose to New Orleans, and now the Suns are about to take advantage and more than likely sweep New Orleans. They win game one, 110-99. to It was a lot... It was a lot harsher than that if that's the best word I can come up with um the Suns covered at nine and a half but yes it was an 11 point win but they were up by 20 or 25 for most of that ball game they let New Orleans come back late in the fourth quarter so I see Phoenix sweeping that series I really do my statement and my final take a couple of days ago was when I thought the Clippers were going to make it but with New Orleans, man, I mean, they're just, they're good, right? Or they're okay. I don't even want to say they're good. They're 10 games under 500. But they did what they had to do to get into the postseason. I just don't see them being able to survive uh, against Phoenix in, in the West out there. So, but then the game of the day, I know I've got about two minutes or so before we head to the 330 break. The game of the weekend, Brooklyn, the seven seeded Brooklyn Nets, traveled a state over and they went to play. The Boston Celtics and TD Garden yesterday afternoon. Fantastic ball game. Holy smokes. Fantastic game. This is going to be such a fun series. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving versus, excuse me, versus uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. I mean, just a fantastic series, top to bottom. Fantastic game one. You can't ask for anything better. Back and forth. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving doing their thing on the offensive end. Kyrie Irving getting just blasted by Boston fans. He threw a couple birds at the crowd. He'll get fined for that. I'm surprised it hasn't already come out today. Uh, He will get fined for that a couple of times. He was talking the talk, but he was walking the walk too. He was burying shots left and right in people's faces. Kevin Durant was doing his thing. But Boston is the best defensive team in the league for a reason, and they showed it. Yes, they won by one, and it was on a buzzer beater. They, But the last possession of the game, Kevin Durant had a three-point shot at the buzzer, at the, at the shot clock buzzer, okay? They played great defense. It was a rushed three. He missed it. Celtics took the rebound, went down the floor, kicked it out for three, shot fake, Gets two Nets defenders in the air, dribbles through them, kicks it to Jason Tatum on a back door, spin move around Kyrie Irving, lays it in. At the buzzer, Celtics win 115-114. to 114. Celtics take game one against Brooklyn. This game could go, or this series could go six or seven. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Tune in to the NBA playoffs, folks. You will not be disappointed, I promise. You're listening to On the Line. Let's take a break. 
Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. 30 more minutes left in hour number two here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. I appreciate everybody tuning in here to the Monday edition of On the Line. 30 more minutes left in hour number two. If you missed any of today's show, just search On the Line wherever you get your podcasts. We've held off on talking about Auburn baseball and softball because I've got a guest, our usual Monday 3.30 slot. It is yours, my friend, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. We appreciate your time. Welcome back, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me on as always, Jacob. Of course. Well, let's jump right into it, whether you want to or not, about Auburn baseball this weekend. I talked last week about how this team had a they had a good chance going to Starkville this weekend to really do some damage and get a series win and continue the momentum of their hot play in the SEC. But that's not the case. How'd it go down in Starkville this weekend? Yeah, and of course, it's a little bit of a better note to end on. You know, you, you get the game three win, so I'm happier than if, you know, you win game one and lose the next two. Uh, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a weekend where you start off on Thursday, you look great throughout the series, uh, throughout the game, but then, obviously, uh, the ninth inning blown save, uh, something that you don't see from uh, Blake Burkhalter at all this season. You know, I was confident going into that, into that ninth inning that Auburn was going to get that win. There was no way that uh, Burkhalter comes in and, and does anything wrong, but a few walks here and there, and sure enough, you blow the save. Going into Saturday, kind of the, kind of the same deal. The offense was fine. Uh, I shouldn't say the offense was fine, but you sputter a little bit on the offensive end, and they didn't do enough. But then I think Sunday was a big bounce-back day to win the way you did. You can't – you could not have lost that game. Winning that game was a must-win uh, the way those first two games go down. So, you know, it's a it's a game of streaks in SEC baseball. I think it was Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball that said it today. It's a game of streaks. And the fact that Auburn was able to prevent that from being a sweep was a big deal and gives you a lot of confidence going forward. Well, Jacob, what is it – I mean, what's the mojo around this team? That's the word I like to use. What's the mojo around okay. this team – coming out of this series that they did not get swept because I agree with you man that's big time that this team did not get swept if they go to Starkville and lose all three I mean this could be this could go down in a spiral real fast but they did win that game on Sunday so what's the mojo of this team uh coming out of that series in Starkville I think simply look at the SEC standings you're still in second place in the SEC West Arkansas is in its league in the league of its own like in the SEC East Tennessee is in a league of its own but you're also third overall in the SEC, just one game back of Georgia, and you really think that you got a chance to be in the top four going into the SEC tournament, and that's got to be the goal. You can't be looking at that Tennessee and Arkansas record and thinking you can beat that. You want to be in the top four of the SEC going into Hoover and really having a chance to uh, get a bye. Now, you look at the schedule ahead, that's not going to be so easy after this weekend. You get a South Carolina team, uh, that, that, that isn't what South Carolina usually is. And then the next, the two weeks after that is at Tennessee, and then you host Arkansas. Those are not going to be easy series. And basically, you just got to look at it from the fact that you're in position right now. You're in position, and if you keep working at it, you're going to have a chance to be at the top of the SEC when the season ends. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, 
before we preview South Carolina this weekend, one more question about the games in Starkville this weekend. Is there something besides your great point about still being high in the standings? Um, what was it that this team struggled with this weekend, which led to them dropping two out of three to Mississippi State? Yeah, I think. It, I mean, I think it was a little bit of everything. You look at look at look at Thursday uh, game one where the pitching didn't come through at the end and even throughout the game. And then on Saturday, it was a little bit of a lull in the offensive end. Well, I, I mean, it was a low-scoring game going throughout the game, and then at the end, kind of everything explodes in game two. So it's 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 hard to pinpoint one thing because I think in both losses, there, there's things that didn't go well. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think it was Sonny Deshera's best weekend. And that that's not going to be the sole reason Auburn lost two out of three, but – it wasn't his best weekend. I think Mississippi State pitched really well. I think they knew exactly how they wanted to pitch to him, and each pitcher that faced him delivered on that. And they also intentionally waltzed him a good bit, which I thought they did it in good positions uh, where he didn't he didn't score and he wasn't able to make – or the batters behind him weren't able to make him pay. So when I look at it, it's – game one was simply just – Blake Burkhalter's not going to be perfect this whole year. There was going to be – a game where he goes in and walks a few batters and you don't get out of it. That is going to happen. That's baseball. I think game two was more of uh, the offense sparking a little bit too late and not being able to stay close and, and Mississippi State just being too far ahead. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, moving ahead after this series against Mississippi State, What's on the schedule for Auburn, and what are we looking at against South Carolina this upcoming weekend for Auburn as they come home to play the Gamecocks in Plainsman Park? Yeah, you're right. I mean, even before South Carolina, you've got some other Gamecocks coming into town, Jacksonville State and then Kennesaw State as well on Wednesday. It's a postponed game for March. So you get a big opportunity for different guys to really prove themselves. Uh, these midweek games are going to be so important going going forward because – I want to see guys like Chase also continue to dominate these midweek games and really prove themselves on the weekend upcoming. And I think that's important because, you know, I think we talked about it last week, how you feel really confident in games one and three because of who you have in the bullpen with Carson Skipper bridging to Blake Burkhalter. And we saw that again in game three. Uh, but then it's that game two where you really are not so sure uh, what you have coming out of the bullpen and how they're going to perform. I think Chase Alsop, I think Mason Barnett, I think Jordan Armstrong, they're all great candidates for moving into that weekend spot consistently and really doing a good job at going from whoever that game two starter is, Trace Bright right now, to whoever's closing. And doing that is going to make it so much easier on the offense to uh, keep it close and even get a lead going into the end of the game. Because I'm still at the point where I feel so confident in games one and three. I, Joseph Gonzalez has been insane lately. Yes, he I, has. I, you, can't speak, you can't speak enough about him. Hayden Mullins has done enough. Uh, game one was not his best outing, but it was enough where the offense was able to take the lead back and the bullpen held until the ninth inning. It's that game two that Auburn's really got to hammer down, and these midweek games are the, are the games to figure out who you want to put in that bullpen for game two. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, do you have an early scouting report on this South Carolina uh, team that comes to Plainsman Park this weekend as Auburn has a three-game series against the game the Gamecocks this weekend? 
Uh, not too much, but I mean, what I'll say is that, like I said earlier, this is not a South Carolina team uh, like they've been in years past. This, this is a team that won a national championship back to back a decade ago. Uh, they've fallen off a little bit, climbed back back up towards the end of that latter decade. But right now, they're kind of in a spot where this weekend is critical for them to really try to move up in the SEC standings, try to get in the middle of the pack. Uh, you know, they came into Auburn and get swept. They're looking at not making the SEC tournament. So I think that is their main focus is coming in, getting a game or two, and uh, really just putting them in, putting themselves in position to finish in the middle of the pack of the SEC. Uh, so it's, it's a dangerous team that Auburn's got to look out for, but uh, a team that Auburn, I think, matches up well with to uh, get a series win. Jacob Hillman, let's transfer over to Auburn softball. You inform me you'll be on the call on Wednesday as – they will be taking on Chattanooga. But before we get to the upcoming week, this past weekend, Auburn softball uh, had the weekend off in the SEC, and I think it, it couldn't have come at a better time uh, for this team. They get wins last Wednesday against Mercer, and then over the weekend, they beat Niagara 8-0 uh, to and 15-7. to the, se- the second game on Saturday was canceled. You know, Talk about the weekend a little bit, but how big was it for Auburn softball to kind of get a little bit of a break and what is a gauntlet in the SEC? Yeah, you're right to say that it was a big break for this for this softball team because you had some players that take a little bit of a rest. Shelby Lowe, Michaela Packer, Nelia Peralta, all three of them did not uh, compete over the weekend. They, I think they did at Mercer, but they didn't play in either of the games against Niagara and would not have played on Saturday as well if that game were to be played. And really just coming off that weekend – uh, where you get swept at Arkansas to be able to just cruise those two easy wins against Niagara. Uh, game two was not as easy. Uh, they, they, they showed some fight the Purple Eagles did uh, on the offensive side, but Auburn's offense was a little bit too much for Niagara. So it was just really nice just to have an easy weekend where you start playing the game again. I, I, I keep saying to Mickey Dean, uh, that's what he keeps uh, relaying to his team is you're playing the game, not the opponent. You keep playing the game uh, – things are going to go your way. So I think that was a good reset for this team to really just be able to do that. Go out there, play softball, not worried about anything else, and it might give them some confidence going forward. And again, like baseball, two games this weekend because of postponed uh, games due to weather from the past month where the midweek games are going to be so critical for what I think is these pitchers uh, getting back in their rhythm, getting back in a groove. Uh, uh, Matty Pinsa. She's been great, as always, all season. But she didn't pitch a lot against Niagara. She pitched first two innings of both games, and then she was pulled for uh, the likes of K.K. Dismukes and Samantha Yarbrough. So you want to see her get back into it, get back in her rhythm. And then Shelby Lowe, who didn't pitch at all this past weekend, you want to see her go back out there and dominate like both of them have this season. The bats, I think, are still doing fine. My Bree Ellis is absolutely insane, closing in on Casey Cooper's freshman home run record. So... Uh, that would be a nice company to have uh, for Casey Cooper and Bree Ellis is able to get two more home runs in what's a few more weeks of softball left. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this weekend at Mississippi State because it's so crucial for both teams. Uh, Auburn and they're tied in the SEC standings right there at the eighth spot. So whoever wins this series has a good chance of finishing in the top seven of the SEC and uh, really just having a good chance to make some noise in the SEC tournament. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. We covered Auburn baseball and now talking a little Auburn softball. Uh, you broke down the midweek pretty well for me, man, so I don't really have to ask you about that. 
uh, the weekend series at Mississippi State. Of course, this Auburn softball team, the last time they went on the road, a little bit different of an opponent, uh, but they did get swept by Arkansas. What what does this Auburn softball team have to do this weekend? Maybe not to sweep, but at least to get the series win against Mississippi State on the road. Yeah, and that, that's got to be the goal is just getting the series win. And I, I look at the defense. I look at the errors and what the miscues were at Arkansas because obviously the game three game, that was, that's a wash. You were not going to win that game. Arkansas came out swinging the bat well and just dominated. But then in games one and two, you had winnable games uh, that you just weren't able to pull through. So I think that just cleaning up the miscues, which again goes to that mid, those midweek games where you just want to play clean softball and even the pitching staff, no pass balls, no wild pitches, uh, none of that, and you're going to have a good chance to win because, like I said, these teams are tied in the SEC standings. They've played similar opponents, and you don't really think that one of these teams uh, is much more talented than the other. They're, they're both in a good position. Uh, what I'll be interested in is what the lineup looks like this upcoming weekend with uh, Peralta and Packer taking the weekend off, and then you get some different girls in to play. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where each player's input it back because I thought Lindsey Garcia did a really good job in the leadoff spot uh, with Packer out, but I don't think she's going to stay there. I think she might be moved up in the lineup, uh, but it, it's tough to say what's going to happen with each position or each player in the batting lineup. Well, Jacob Hillman, you know your stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on as you do every single week. Uh, let everybody know where they can keep up with you and your play-by-play as you have a couple chances at Auburn softball this week. Yeah, y'all follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. And like I said, like Jacob said, I'll be on the call for Auburn softball against Chattanooga this Wednesday. I believe that first pitch is at 4 o'clock, so airtime at 345. And uh, you can listen to me with Britt Bowen on the call. Well, good deal. Well, man, have a great week. Have a great call on Wednesday, and I'll talk to you next week, man. Yep, talk to you then. Thanks, Jacob. That was Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He uh, always gives great insight about Auburn baseball and Auburn softball. He's the man. So we always appreciate him and his time here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Let's take our final break of the show. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number two and the Monday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. We've got about six more minutes or so before we get out of here and wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line. Make sure you stay tuned from 4 to 6 p.m. It'll be The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck right here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. That is 98 three through Birmingham and Sylacauga so make sure you stay tuned for that that's from four to six right here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama uh, phone lines are still open for the last couple of minutes of the show uh, anything on your mind in the sports world that you want to talk about uh, if you've got a question if you've got a comment anything we want to hear from you 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 we've covered a lot today on the show it's been a great show it's been awesome we've talked a lot about the USFL that got underway 
over the weekend. So uh, we've had quite a few callers who have called in and talked about that. If you watched it over the weekend and you have an opinion about it, uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you watch it? Uh, are you going to keep watching it? Uh, those are the questions we're asking you, the listener. Uh, so call in. Phone lines are open for the next few minutes, and we want to hear from you to wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390, or toll-free at 888-382-7502. We've talked about the USFL. We've talked about Janai Broom, the big-time Moorhead State transfer. He was on campus here at Auburn. Uh, over the weekend so we'll see how that visit went and see if he makes a commitment uh, to anywhere in the next couple of days Uh, the NBA playoffs are off and running with some fantastic games man it's a beautiful day outside I'm looking out I can see some blue in the sky it was kind of cloudy and dreary this morning a little bit of rain drizzles but beautiful afternoon here in Auburn Alabama I had to throw that in there as I'm looking out the window right now here in the studio uh, Spencer Rattler made some comments about Oklahoma. Uh, what is his impact going to be at South Carolina? We talked about that. Uh, making headlines, we talked about Auburn Gymnastics, baseball, softball. Uh, over the weekend, they were all in action. NBA playoffs and the USFL yet again. Uh, just had Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He was on uh, on the phone during the last segment. He talked about everything Auburn baseball and Auburn softball. So if you missed any of today's show... You can search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded following today's show, and you can find it anywhere and catch up on anything that you missed. Stay tuned this week. I am in the process of scheduling a very exciting guest, uh, the biggest guest we've ever had on the show. So make sure you stay tuned to the show every day. I'll make the announcement on here as well as the ESPN 1067 uh, social media pages so ESPN 1067 on Facebook Twitter and Instagram so make sure you do that and stay tuned to that uh, the Twitter is at ESPN 1067 so make sure you look that up on Twitter Facebook and Instagram I'm going to make the announcement again biggest guest we have had on the show um, I honestly probably in the in the show's history I'm just going to be for real it probably is the biggest guest we've ever had on this show Um, So I'm very excited. I'm in the process of getting that scheduled. So hopefully that happens this week. So make sure you stay tuned. I'm really, really excited about that. And I will share that with you guys as soon as as soon as I get it confirmed and get the confirmation, uh, we will I will make that announcement. I'm really excited about this. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. Final take for today on the Monday edition of On the Line. And it's more USFL. The final my final take is The USFL and other spring football leagues, they have a chance to survive and do great things. They have a great chance to do so. I'm not going to make a prediction on whether they actually survive because that's kind of relative. I mean, you could say it lasts five years and you say, well, it survived for a little bit. Or it could go on and, and be for the next 50 years. And we say, well, that's definitely surviving. I don't know. Because that, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to last, how long it will survive, how popular it's going to be, how much revenue that they create, um, how many players they put into the league. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And so my final take is this league and others have a chance to be great. And I know that's kind of like, well, yeah, everybody has a chance. No, this has some potential. 
just from the first weekend, the USFL has some potential. I'm telling you. They do enough things that are different to keep people interested. And then once they get interested, then they get engaged because the football and the quality of play is actually pretty legit. When you just look at it, it's pretty legit. The football that was produced on the field this weekend was pretty darn good. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. And I think it will get better because that was literally the opening weekend, the very first weekend. It went so much better than a couple of years ago when the AAF tried to do their thing and the Birmingham uh, Iron had their team and there were some other teams in the AAF. Remember when they ran out of money halfway through the season? This feels a lot different than when that league started. This feels like when the XFL two years ago tried to do their thing and then got shut down when COVID shut down the world. The USFL has a chance. And I think if the XFL comes back, I think they will have a good chance. A lot of potential. That's the word I want to use, potential. These leagues have so much potential to be not just make money. They have a chance and potential to be really entertaining, really impactful, really influential, I think they can be a big part of people's lives. They can be a big part of sports fans' lives. And I hope it does. This is a great thing for sports if it survives, folks. Tune in. Let me know what you think all week long. I want to hear from you. That's it for the Monday edition of On the Line. We'll talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.